Welcome to Witch and Goddess. I'm your host, Patty Black. I'm a witch, a teacher, and priestess. Goddess devotion is an essential part of my craft, and many goddesses are my cohorts in magic. Each episode, we explore a different goddess, her lore, and how to connect with her energetically and magically. Welcome back. Today's topic is barely goddess adjacent, but as the title of the podcast is Witch and Goddess, I think I'm allowed to diverge to the purely witchcraft track once in a while. And this is a topic that I am really passionate about. In fact, I think it's central to my purpose. I talk often about learning magic and improving your craft, as if the benefits are self-evident. I recently realized I'm often in the mind frame, why wouldn't you want to do this? And I forget sometimes that not everyone feels that way. It's occurred to me that I've skipped over, in my memories, some important steps and phases that new witches may find themselves navigating. I'm sitting here, far past the time when I was shocked and awed to discover that witchcraft was a real thing, the spells were real, and people do them. But I remember that time fondly. Every book in the metaphysical section of Hastings, maybe three whole shelves, was another treasure discovered. I usually stopped and bought them on my way to work, and I could barely wait to get home and tear into them. And when I discovered that I could worship goddesses instead of a dismal and disapproving male father god, holy shit, that was important. I'm far beyond the time when I was secretly a little worried that lightning might strike me down when I first intentionally thought to myself, I am not a Christian. But I remember it so clearly. I am 20-some years past preparing for my first spell, wondering, what if I fuck this up? Will the Wiccan gods be angry? Or what if I accidentally curse myself or invite evil into my apartment? And maybe that's where some of you are right now. You might be wondering, like I did, if magic is real, then why isn't everyone doing it? Now, that's a whole episode on its own. Or you might be asking yourself, how can I ever turn off the skeptical part of me that keeps saying this isn't real? How do I get past feeling ridiculous while performing a ritual or spell? Or heavier concerns like, what if somebody I know sees me buying this book? How do I explain an altar to my friend, partner, children? What if my coworkers find out? Will I lose my job? My kids? Basically, a lot of thoughts and questions that can lead to asking, is witchcraft worth it? Is it worth the risk of negative consequences? Worth the studying and practice? Worth looking stupid, people thinking you're delusional, etc.? And I haven't addressed that really valid question at all. So probably, obviously, my answer is yes. A resounding yes. Hands down, the best decision I've ever made, including both of my marriages, choosing to become a parent, all of my career success, the decision to continue witchcraft and goddess devotion made it all possible. All of my successes, the manifestation of every big and many, many little things in my adult life have been, in one way or another, because of magic and witchcraft. 
the confidence to take on certain challenges and battles. Witchcraft helped embolden me. The ability to see and understand toxic and dangerous personal patterns. Witchcraft and goddess connection helped me nurture my own wisdom and intuition. And of course, the jobs, homes, and sex I manifested throughout the years. So very much of who I am, the woman that I love and am proud to be, is because of my journey with magic and witchcraft. It's taught me so much about myself and the world and helped or enabled or empowered me to manifest some huge dreams and desires. And so many of these things happened long before I became a full-time witch. You don't have to make it your profession for it to absolutely bless your whole fucking life. So yeah, I'd say it's absolutely worth it. As rewarding as it is, it hasn't come without its struggles. For a while, I even walked away. At the time, the risk of my husband, the first one, getting angry, the perceived risk of my students or coworkers finding out, it all became too stressful. And at the same time, I was really questioning my witch identity. I didn't feel like a real witch. I had some undefined idea of what I thought the other better witches were doing. And in my head, I was falling short. I had this idea that I should wake up every day feeling, I don't know, naturally magical. Now I do have lots of moments when I feel my magic stronger than my own pulse, but that's not 24-7, not for me. I bring all of this up because these witch doubts are a virus. Comparisonitis, fears, and feelings of unworthiness are suppressing a lot of people's magic. I know because I experienced it, and because I have so many messages and comments from clients, listeners, learners about these exact situations and concerns. There are plenty of mundane reasons for us to doubt our own witch identities, but there's also an energetic source, the infamous witch wound. For those of us who are unfamiliar, the witch wound is all of the trauma, the scary memories, the survival instincts, the literal hiding of your magic, the shaming that we likely experienced, witnessed, and took part in during past lives and this current lifetime because of our magical nature. It also refers to the ancestral trauma of witchcraft and magical persecution that's passed down in our physical bodies. Whether you or your ancestors were a healer, a priestess, a fortune teller, or just suspiciously confident and successful, witch wounding would have occurred in so many historic times and places. That kind of trauma doesn't just disappear. Those wounds live in our soul and are part of us today. And it can show up in a lot of different ways. One of the most obvious ways I see in my work is resistance and procrastination on your witch journey. Resistance to diving into magical practices like spell work. Reading the books, thinking about doing a spell, maybe even gathering the ingredients, and then reading another book. How many of you spent months or years reading books, following witchcraft pages and accounts, putting off the actual work of witchcraft until you felt more ready? Why do so many of us feel it's unsafe to be a witch? 
even in the privacy of our homes, to actually begin doing it? Could it be all of those previous generations and lives in which being different, being magical, being too powerful, would have gotten us ostracized from our communities, or worse? Many of us carry an unconscious belief that it's not safe to be a witch. It's not safe to stand out. The witch wound is often the festering ulcer where our witch doubts have grown deep and twisted. And it's not just the victims of persecution who carry the witch wound. We weren't all burned. Some of us were the ones making the accusations. Many of us likely played both roles throughout lives and generations. Think of the shame and fear attached to those ancient memories. Memories that live in our bones. And what about all of those who witnessed the persecution? Whole communities were deeply affected. Those people learned to keep their heads down, to blend in, not to trust their neighbors, among other things. So we could talk for hours more about the witch wound and the journey of healing. And I do actually devote quite a bit of time to both of those in my program, Becoming Witch, which I'm running again starting June 16th, 2022. But right now, let's troubleshoot some of these specific witch doubts I see frequently. Number one. I don't work enough magic into my life, or I don't do spells often enough, or I miss the full moon, etc., etc. Here's what I say to that. You are walking witch energy. Everything that a witch does is, by definition, witchy. Everything a witch does is magical. We don't think about it a lot, but we approach things from a magical perspective. Whether we're pumping gas or making breakfast... We bring our inherent magical energy to it. It's like wearing the same perfume every day. We get so used to it, we forget it's there. But other people notice. Just being present and channeling magic into this wonderful, fucked up world is part of our purpose as witches. And we need to remind each other every once in a while. Number two, I'm not as magical as that witch over there who channels or that witch over there who astral projects. We've all been affected by these doubts, even that witch over there. This is where I really recommend another journal. This one is specifically for logging every single thing you manifest, every intuitive hit you get, every synchronicity, and maybe even go back and write down the magical things that happened to you in the past. When you begin to keep track of it, it's a lot more than you realize. Focus on the magic that you're creating and you will see more of it. Number three, not being called by a deity. First, not all magical people work with deities, and they still have very magical and fulfilling practices. And if you desire a relationship with deity, there's nothing wrong with reaching out to one. They may or may not be agreeable, but there's no harm in trying, as long as you're respectful of the spirit and don't appropriate the practices of a closed tradition or system. And don't worry that you might miss out on another deity because of it. You're not limited to one god or goddess, and that's it. Many people successfully work with multiple deities. In fact, I think that's more common. And some deity relationships are temporary and transitional. They may enter your life for a specific purpose or phase. Release the idea that you're going to be called by one god for life. 
Also, just keep in mind, the deities seem to have this weird way of knowing exactly when their presence will have the most impact. And they may be distant until that time. In the first run of Becoming Witch, a lot of participants identified with this one, number four. I don't have natural gifts like some witches I know. So we actually devote an entire week of the program to uncovering the gifts that you have, gifts that you are overlooking, because I promise you are. Reclaiming gifts that you mastered in previous lives as a witch or a healer or a mystic and making the most out of them. The thing is, I know you're powerful. I know that you can embody the witch you see in your mind's eye. But will you allow yourself to see and use that power? Will you confront the, and challenge your witch doubts? These topics are at the core of Becoming Witch, a six-week program in which we unearth and wake the witch within you. Now, this is really appropriate for new and experienced witches alike, and even those who are not yet comfortable calling themselves a witch. We're using live lessons, ritual, somatic release techniques, and of course, witchcraft, to help you identify the doubts and fears that stand between you and the witch that you want to be, to heal those wounds, and to begin embodying your most magical self. All of the content is recorded and participants have lifetime access. If this is tugging at you, you can find out more at blackbirdmagic.com or use the link in my Instagram bio at witchandgoddesspod. Thanks for listening. If you enjoy the show, please tell your coven. And if you want details on working with me one-on-one or joining any of my group programs, check out blackbirdmagic.com. That's magic with a CK. You can also join my free Facebook community, Arcana, to get all of the updates, discounts, and more free content.